Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. So I said, Lord, what do you want to what do you want to serve for this upcoming worship service? And two words came, moving forward. Moving forward. You can move sideways. You can move backwards. You can move forward. Moving forward. So we're going to start this series today entitled Moving Forward. What are we moving forward in all that God has purposed for you. In all that God has purposed for you. In these past year and a half or so, Satan has tried to stop our forward momentum. He wants to keep you from moving forward. He wants you to retreat. He wants you to give up ground that was already taken. But we're not going to do that in our personal lives, in our marriage, in our family, on our job, in this church. We are moving forward. How does Satan try to stop our forward progress? Well, there are two primary weapons that he uses, right? One of them is fear. It doesn't matter what the fear is about. It can be fear of drinking Diet Coke. Or it can be fear of um, gluten. Or fear of um, Halloween. Or fear of... Um, going to work, or fear of what other people think of you, or fear of um, not being able to sleep, or fear of the type of soap you use. or I mean, I've heard some, some silly fears that don't seem so silly when they're bothering you, right? right, right, right. That's what fear does. It makes you think it's valid. Right. It tries to earn this spot of validity in your life. Like you need to be afraid of this. That's what fear is trying to do. And see, while fear is over here trying to to earn a, a place of validness, a position in your life, Satan's robbing from you. And instead of moving forward into the fullness of what God has prepared for you, your momentum is stopped. And if you stay there long enough, you're going to start going backwards. And if you keep going backwards before you'll know it, it'll seem like where you were is a far, far away place off in the distance. Walking with Christ is a life of forward movement. It's a life of forward movement. The other weapon the devil will use is offense, getting you offended with someone else. Two primary weapons. Fear, you can attach worry to that, right? 
That's really what worry is, is a type of fear, right? You're expecting something bad to happen. That's why you worry, right? It's faith in darkness is what worry is. Fear and worry, anxiety is faith in darkness. If you put your faith in Christ, you won't have any of the above. Fear, worry, anxiety, right? Don't live with anxiety. Who told you you have to live with that? Have you been clinically diagnosed with something? You don't have to live that way. The word clinical doesn't mean a thing in the spirit realm. doesn't mean a thing in the spirit realm. You know what means a thing? Jesus is Lord. You just make up your mind, no, Jesus has redeemed me from anxiety. Jesus has redeemed me from fear. Jesus, has, You know what depression is? Is believing in darkness. You're believing in negative things about yourself, about your life, about what's happened to you, about who you are now, about your future, about others. It's dark, darkness and negativity are the same thing, basically, right? Fear, darkness, depression, negativity. I'm not picking on anybody. I can relate. I understand what it's like to give in to those things, and you feel like you, you're just not going to make it. You can't take another breath, but you've got to stand up and say, this is not for me. This is not who I am because I am in Christ Jesus. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Love, joy, and peace are, are overflowing inside of me because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. So fear and offense, he'll try and get you upset. Maybe it's someone in your family, or maybe it's someone at work, or maybe your pastor, right? That's a good one, right? That can stop some serious forward momentum. Serious. The, the person or persons that God brings into your life that are closest to you, if Satan can get you offended at them or that are most significant to you spiritually, if Satan can get you offended at them, ooh, he's got you stopped. That's why husband and wife relationships are so important. Most important relationship in your life if you're married. If Satan can get in that relationship, he's got you. He can't get in there if you won't listen to him. Right? So he looks for your key relationships to see if he can get in there. Husband and wife is a key one, right? Can he wiggle in there somehow? Can he, can he remind you of what they didn't do or said they were going to do or forgot or what they should have done or how they did that and you don't like this and they said that and I wish they'd change this and I wish they weren't that and I wish they'd be this. Can he do that? What's he doing? He's stopping your forward momentum. We're not ignorant of his schemes. As soon as those thoughts start to creep in, you start to worship God and say, Father, thank you for my husband. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you, Father, for, for bringing this marriage about. Thank you, Lord, for moving us forward as one into the fullness of all that you prepared for us. Thank you, Lord, for caring for us. I, and I love my spouse. And I thank you for them, Father. I thank you for, for all the wonderful things that, that you've put in them for me. And I thank you, Lord God, that we're different, that the things that are different in them and are different in me help us to grow. And I thank you for this marriage covenant relationship and that we're going forward in you and we're going we're gonna to experience all that you have for us. These are the devil's schemes, fear and offense. Fear and offense, without fail, without fail, 
over the decades where I've walked with the Lord and known people, any time I've seen a person stop their forward momentum or get off of God's path for their life, one or two or both of these things were at work in their life. Fear and offense. They've either allowed fear to creep in or offense to creep in, and it stopped them from, from moving forward. Now you say, well, you know, times are tough, right? I mean, I, we've seen things in the last year and a half that I personally didn't think I was going to see uh, with just some uh, <laughs> decisions made by elected officials that have had a tremendous impact on our economy and on people's well-being. Not because of a virus, but because of a political agenda. And uh, I want to talk about moving forward no matter what. You say, I mean, they're talking about now the supply lines could be uh, severely affected. And, and uh, you know, of course, there's some interesting things coming forth from elected officials that make you think, what in the world are they thinking, right? And you might say, you're talking about moving forward now? And what about if this comes? What about if this happens? Our moving forward is not conditional upon what's happening in the world around us. Aren't you glad about that? Our moving forward is dependent upon the God inside of us. It's dependent upon the God inside of us. We're moving forward because Christ himself is living in us. Because he is our provision. There are a number of people through history. I like looking back at, at wild preachers. And there was a woman by the name of Elder Lucy Smith. Lived it from 1874 to 1952. So she was born about nine years after the Civil War ended. Who knows what that would have been like. She was an African American and she was a woman living post-Civil War. I can't imagine that would be anywhere close to easy. And let alone that, she was a faith healer and a preacher. You getting the picture here? Talk about tough times. Early 1900s, so she came, came through the post-Civil War era into the Industrial Age, into World War I, World War II, the Great Depression, all of that stuff. She lived through it. And she was a pastor and a faith healer, and she founded All Nations Pentecostal Church in Chicago, Illinois. Her healing ministry attracted large numbers of followers, and her church grew to have 3,000 members. She was the first woman to be the founding pastor of a church in Chicago. In 1938, they tried, you know, the Great Depression's happening right in the 30s, right? Late 20s through the 30s, late 30s. She sold uh, the Langley Avenue church building and built a new church building right in the middle of it all. Upon her death in 1952, her funeral was attended by 60,000 people and is considered to be the largest funeral held in Chicago up to that date. Talking about moving forward no matter what's going on in the world around you. No, we're not waiting for such and such to happen. We're not waiting for elected officials to get their act together. We're moving forward today. 
We're moving forward today in all that God has spoken to us. In all that He has spoken to you. What has He spoken to you? It's time to move forward on it. It's time to act upon it. We're moving forward on it. God's plan for your life transcends current circumstances. Because circumstances change. But the eternal does not. Temporary must give way to the eternal every time. What is this? The eternal. The eternal truths that change and, and cause the temporary to move out of the way. If there is some stuff, some stuff of this world bothering you, get into the eternal book and speak the eternal word of God and move that, that changeable temporary circumstance out of your way. It's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. It's time to live the life you were made for. If you're waiting for everything to line up, forget about it. Or I should say, forget about it. Right? The time to live the life you were made for is adesso. You know what that means in Italian? Now. Right now. Living the life you are made for. Living your life in the fullest of you. Every little nuance that the Creator artfully crafted inside of you, rising to the surface and released to the world around you. Every personality trait, every talent, every gifting, every perspective coming together under the leadership of the Holy Spirit into a culmination of the fullness of you. It's time. It's time to be you, the you that God made you to be. It's time to live life in your divine fullness. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about two elements of God's plan during this series moving forward. The first element of God's plan is your divine identity. In other words, who you were made to be by God. You may not know that yet, depending on where you're at in your thinking and your relationship with Christ, but if you give your whole self to Him and start spending time with Him, it will be revealed. Your divine identity, it can be something that's been covered up by years of wrong thinking, uh, by years of, of dysfunction, <laughs> uh, family issues, whatever. There's a number of things that can hide your divine identity. But perhaps one of the greatest things, one of the greatest benefits of passionately pursuing Christ is that your divine identity is revealed. And boy, there are seemingly eternal layers of it. It's not like all of a sudden, boom, there it is. It's like, 
(laughs) And when I came to know Christ and began to passionately pursue Him, eating His Word, right, being in a fire church regularly, Feeding on the word, listening to messages really, tithing, giving my, the first fruits to the Lord. I'm talking about a fire relationship. Nothing stops you from pursuing him. I began to discover things inside of me that I would have never discovered had I not given my whole self to him. Because the world wants to add things to you from the outside. They want to put things on you and tell you you're this and you're that. And sometimes family, they don't know any better. I grew up in a home where they didn't know their divine identity. All they knew is what their parents told them and then what they told us. And they looked outside for their identity. They, They looked to the world to affirm them, but the world didn't make them. It wasn't until I began talking to the one who made me that who I really was made to be, began to be revealed. So two elements of moving forward. Moving forward in your divine identity, who you were made to be. You realize not every behavior or everything you do is a part of who you are. You can do something stupid. That doesn't mean you are stupid. Okay? Should have been a big amen on that one, right? Did the pastor just say you're not stupid? Yes. Amen. Right? We're not. Right? We can, we can, we can exhibit stupid behavior, right? But that's not who we are. And part of your divine identity is when, if you make a mistake, if you do something that you, you shouldn't have done, is recognizing right away that's not who you are. Don't give in to it and say, oh, no, I shouldn't have done that. What's wrong with me? And how could I have done that? I thought it was this, and I, I thought I was saved. And God, what's God going to think? No, that's all a dead end. Don't even go there. It's pointless because of what Christ did for you. So this is how you walk in victory over sin, is by simply realizing, declaring, acknowledging with your mouth, this is not who I am. I just lost my temper with so-and-so, but that's not who I am. I'm patient and kind. Numerous times, and I wish it wasn't, I'd be on the phone with, with customer service, somewhere and boy it just didn't seem to be going anywhere and I just, they just didn't seem to be understanding what I wanted please forgive me if you're in customer service <laughs> Whew, I know how challenging that can be and I just knew I was not talking like a, a child of God should talk I wasn't swearing or anything it's just I wasn't being lovey-dovey Patient and kind. And I got off the phone. I said, oh, and even as I'm doing it, I said, Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. And I called them back. And I said, hello, so-and-so. I just called in a few minutes ago, and I'm sorry. I, I really just, I wasn't being, behaving like I should have behaved. And they don't know what to do. Because they get that a lot, Right? But if I can, I say call back or I'll, go, or I'll walk back into the store. Well, this was when it wasn't too long ago. I, I, was, I, I stopped to, to ship a package. This was, I don't know, maybe this summer. And the store said FedEx drop-off place. And then even on their site, they have the dimensions of the packages you can drop off there. And my package was in that dimension, and I'm in a hurry. Shouldn't have been in a hurry. And so I have my package that meets the requirements, and I go into the drop-off place. And there was just some person that maybe didn't know all the ins and outs of, of where they worked and 
So you can't do that here. And I said, but uh, your site says I can. And there's the cabinet right there. I can put it. She said, I'm sorry. We, we. So I, I couldn't drop off my little package. Well, it's me. <laughs> so I was getting a little irritated because I had some things to get done. And if I didn't do it here, I had to drive another 30 minutes. And that would add an hour to my time, which I didn't have. And these are the things going around in my mind. And I just wasn't very lovey-dovey. So I got in my car. I walked out. I put my pack. I drove 30 minutes, dropped off. And I, and I drove all the way back to the first place. And I walked to find, find that worker. And I, I went up to her and said, I'm sorry. I was in here about an hour ago. And I just I wasn't being very patient. And I apologize. She looked at me like I was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Divine identity, right? Who you are in Christ. In other words, that's not who I am. And, I, and, and if I do behave in a way that's ungodly, I'm going to apologize for it. But I'm not going to accept it as a part of my makeup, yeah, as a part of who I am, right? Because it's not. It's just a mistake. Your divine identity, who you were made to be. And the second part of moving forward we're going to look at is divine time. The connection between your divine identity and the time you're living in today. They go together. This is the time for you to be in the earth. I'll hear people say, boy, I wish I was living back in the 50s. No, this is the time for you to be in the earth. The maker of heaven and earth purposed to bring you into the earth in this time for today. You were created to live now, not in the 1800s. I always think it would be fun to be one of the three musketeers or something back in the, the day, you know, or ride on pirate ships or, uh, you know, or <laughs> the, the 50s. No, but we, you and I were made to be living in 2021. We're made to be living in this time. I like what Mordecai said to Esther in Esther chapter 4, and Esther was given a position and a place of favor with the king, but her people were about to be wiped out. There was, Satan was working to, to destroy God's people. And, and Esther was given this position, and depending on how you look at it, it could be cousin Uncle Mordecai said to her, it could be that for such a time as this, you are given the position that you were given, and I want you to know that it is for such a time as this that you were given the position you're given. You were brought into the earth at this point in time because of your divine identity. It's your divine time to be in this earth. Your divine identity and your divine time go together. Hallelujah. Let's talk about your divine identity. Do you know that you happened before you were physically born in this world? We call it your birthday, the day you came into this world, but the real you was conceived in heaven by God before you came into the earth. Before you were conceived in your mother's womb, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who is 100% light and life, the one who is good all the time, who, who, who no evil can dwell with him, he knew that he had to create you. He had to do it. 
He knew that you had to be in the earth in 2021. You see, God's love for you precedes your time on earth and follows your time on earth. God's plan for you preceded your time on earth, and it follows. It goes on beyond your time on earth. The time we're living in requires you to be in the earth. This world needs you in it. Me? Yes, you. This world desperately needs you in it. You might say that to someone, they may not agree, but it's true anyway. God ensured that you were in this earth for such a time as this. He knew when you needed to be brought into the earth. Let's look at Psalm 139. Psalm 139. So who's going to win today, Dallas or the Patriots? Two Patriots? John, you all right? Did you hear that? <laughs> really doesn't matter what we say, right? What happens in the game that counts? Should be a good game. Psalm 139. Your divine identity. I encourage you to to spend some time meditating in this psalm. Very powerful. I can still think back to the first time I read this in in the northwest part of Ohio. I was actually in a little chapel in a side room. There was no one in there. It came in in the morning. And oftentimes I would go in this little chapel that was maybe built in the 60s. Had red carpet on the floor. And it was, you know, tiny. And there were two rooms on the side. And I'd go in. I'd close the door in the morning. No one in there. And I'd just lay on my face on this red carpet and worship God with my hard copy Bible. And then I'd just worship Him. And I'd eat the Word. And I'd worship Him. And I don't know how long I'd be in there. And I had wonderful times with the Lord, but I remember, and the sun would come in this one window, and it was quiet in the morning, and there was a tree outside the window, and I remember opening to Psalm 139, and it's as if, it's as if just scales came off my eyes, and I began to see that God made me, that he purposed me to be in the earth, that though my mother and father forsake me, he takes me up. Psalm 139, verse 1 says, O Lord, You have searched me, and you know me. It's like that when you read the Word. It's like these these, uh, insights that have been uh, developing in you. When you read the Word, it it solidifies them. You know, you're walking, and you're starting to get to know God, and he's, He's speaking to you, and He's leading you, and then you read the Scriptures, and it pulls it all together and makes it solid inside of you. So important to read your hard copy Bible. O oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Verse number two in the message says, I am an open book to you. I like that. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. Verse 3 in the NIV says, You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. 
before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. The message translation of verse 5 says, I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. His presence is not coming and going. It's, re, it's as I come and go, his reassurance presence is there. You understand? NIV, verse 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Do you know if I ever lose something, even something like keys, I'll say, Father, bring those keys back to me. And he's done it every time. He sees things that are under the couch that we'll never see. <laughs> you have to pray for, the, for Jennifer and I. Our, the first floor of our home has turned into a puppy training ground. And it's amazing the things she's finding in places like, where did you get that? <laughs> she gets in these little spots that only God could get in. I don't know. It's amazing. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Darkness is as light to you. Verse 13, for you created my inmost being. Here's your divine identity right here, Right? So you see, this person, this psalmist, by the Spirit of God, is, is, is giving us a, a template for a relationship with him, where you begin just by worshiping him and realizing how awesome he is, that there's nothing that can cover you from him. No matter where you go, his reassuring presence is already there for you, that darkness can't stop his love for you. That everywhere you look, that everywhere you, you turn, he's there and he's for you. And you see, as you cultivate this perspective, God, it, it, it opens your heart and your mind up to begin to realize that he made you. And your divine identity becomes, uh, begins to, to be unveiled. For you created my inmost being. That's as intimate as you can get. The, the innermost parts of you. You made the innermost parts of me. See, if you're not hot with Jesus, you can get cold and hard inside. And those innermost parts are, are hidden behind this hard exterior. But when you passionately worship him and you come and, and you, you're plugged into the fire church like highway and you're worshiping him and, I, and you're worshiping him in every area of your life and you're speaking his word over your life, that there's no place for a hard exterior. 
And what, what, what would have been hard and austere becomes soft and pliable in your life. And, and now those, those innermost qualities that were divinely uh, crafted in you, in your mother's womb, now they can start to rise. Now they can come to the surface in you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. Psalm 34, I think it's verse 20, says, uh, A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Verse 21, he protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Speak that over your bones. Speak it over your skeletal system. My bones are protected by God. They're healthy and strong. Fully hydrated. Flexible. My bone marrow is vibrant and healthy and strong in Jesus' name. Cartilage is, is flexible and healthy and strong. Every joint healthy and strong. He knows every bone in my body and he's made provision for, for health in every bone of my body. Hallelujah. You'll have a strong, healthy posture all your days. Hallelujah. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Only God can do that. Before you were made, there was nothing as far as you're concerned. God made you from nothing into something. He spoke you into existence. NIV, verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. We're just letting the Word of God minister to us. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. It's important to understand here, if you'll study the Scriptures you understand this verse does not mean that everything that has happened to you is a part of God's plan. That's not the truth at all. We see that through the ministry of Christ and the rest of the Scriptures. Okay, we're living in a fallen world. All of us have experienced things that were not a part of God's plan for our lives. Those weren't the things written. In other words, he crafted... Uh, um, a plan for your life before you were born. These are ordained uh, of God things. That doesn't mean that everything that happens is that. Why? That we're living in a fallen world, right? Satan's the God of this world. There are things we have to rebuke. There are things we have to take authority over. There are things we have to actively fight against and resist. So if you, this idea of accepting everything as God's will is ignorance and foolishness. The scriptures don't teach that, okay? So don't read things into the Bible. Just let, let the, the whole counsel of the word teach you. 
So these special days, these days that God ordained for you, are days of life abundantly. Right? How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, you still love me. I'm still with you. How can we discern uh, as we go through life what things are from God and what things are not? What's a part of his plan for my life and what's not? Well, through Jesus Christ. You have to get to know the person of Christ as revealed in the scriptures, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. We see him in the flesh. He's all throughout the rest of the scriptures as well. But Jesus himself said, I came that they might have life and might have it more abundantly, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. He said, it's the thief that comes to steal kill and destroy. So how can I tell what's from God in my life and what's not? Well, if, it, if it's leading to something being stolen or taken from me, if it's leading to something um, d- uh, lessening the quality of my life, uh, destroying or making me weak or confused or depressed, um, then, then it's not from God. If it's something that brings life, that is, brings love and joy and peace and wisdom and strength that moves me closer to the one who made me? Well, that's from him. You've got to be able to discern those things. John 10.10 10 is probably the, the simplest, clearest uh, scripture to help you do that. If it has to do with stealing, killing, and destroying, it's not from your father. It wasn't something he wrote down for you. If it has to do with life abundantly, with you walking in the fullness of all that he's purposed for you, that's something he wrote down for you. Okay? Now, I want to call your attention. We're talking about your divine identity. Verse 14 says, I praise you because I, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wow. This word fearfully, we don't really use it in our culture anymore. But back in the day, it was a powerful word. Let me read you some definitions of this word fearfully made. Extremely impressive. I praise you because I was made extremely impressive. Daunting. This is how you were made. Inspiring great admiration, apprehension, or fear. The devil is so afraid of the real you. He is. He knows he doesn't have a chance, that you are more than a conqueror, that you are a a child of the Most High God, that you reign as a king in this life. All his only chance is to try and keep you from realizing your divine identity. And he often does that through religious tradition. But we're not listening to that, right? We're not ignorant of his schemes. So you're fearfully made. You're made extremely impressive. Inspiring great admiration, apprehension, or fear. You're made extremely well. You're made excellently. You're breathtaking. 
You're amazing. You're stunning. You're astounding. You're astonishing. You're awe-inspiring. You're staggering. You're extraordinary. You're extraordinary. You're incredible. You're magnificent. You're remarkable. You're miraculous. Talking about you. Right? You know that now. You're mind-boggling. You're mind-blowing. You're out of this world. In fact, I think Mary Poppins summed it up when talking about your divine identity. You're supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Bruh. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're extremely impressive. You're awe-inspiring. You're mind-boggling and blowing. You're, <laughs> you're the only you God ever created. That's mind-boggling. That you are the only one that will ever be. Genesis chapter 1, how, how divine are you? How unique are you? How extremely impressive is your divine identity? Genesis 1.27 says this about you. So God created man in his own image. That's how impressive you are. Your divine identity, you're, you were made in the image of God. I want that just to soak in. You were made in the image of God. Can't get more impressive than that. This is your divine identity. For God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him. Male and female, he created them. This is your divine identity. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We're talking about the real you in the Amplified. One of the things that Jennifer and I have enjoyed since our kids were little is before we have breakfast, uh, we would sit down at the table and, and I would read scriptures to them. We'd read a passage out of the Bible and then we would go over scriptures. We have memory scriptures. And Ephesians 2.10 was one of them. And we'd say it out loud together. And uh, even before they could talk much, we'd do it together. And what they'll see as they grow older, these scriptures are alive in them. And, they've, and these scriptures will unfold and go before them as they move forward in their lives. I encourage you to, to, to speak the word with your family, parents, with your children. Ephesians 2.10 and this was, when Dana was little, this was her favorite one. Verse 10 in the Amplified says, For we are God's own handiwork. This is your divine identity. We are God's own handiwork. His workmanship. Can't get any more impressive than this. Recreated in Christ Jesus. 
born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time. How do you know if it's a path that God's prepared for you? You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's the only way. See, there are things, uh, for example, I just share with you John 10.10. Stay with me, because this is a real life we're living. It's not, we're not robots or computers. We can't just plug in a formula and it happens. John 10.10 is a litmus test, right? So I can discern what's from God and what's not from God in my life, right? But when I'm walking, when I've got a decision to make as far as what path, where to go in my life, I, I can't necessarily discern based on the surface if I should or should not go to that place. On the surface, it might not look like a good place. I'm not saying... It, on the surface, it may not look like a place I want to go. Maybe it doesn't have the demographics that I want or the job opportunities or the, the people group or the culture, whatever. But the Holy Spirit, I've got to know, does the Holy Spirit want me to go there? This is how I've lived since, since I even proceeding coming to know. I said, God, where do you want me to go next? He said, I want you to go to Northwest Ohio. Where is that? A town I never heard of. That the land was as flat as this floor. Didn't even know it existed. I was out in the middle of cornfields. Now, where in the world am I? Well, this is where God. How, how do I, now, if I would have looked at the demographics of that area, the flatlands, the cornfields, the tiny little town, I, I would have said, well, I don't want to go there. That's not a place I want to go and live. But that's so, so in terms of navigating. The, the details of your life and the direction you're going, you've got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So you can't just open the Bible and say, okay, I'm going to move to Ohio because it's not in there. The word Ohio, as far as I know, is not in the Scriptures, right? Nothing against Ohio. It's the Buckeye State, the heart of it all. But, but it's the name, you know, there are things that just aren't in the Bible, Okay? So God has prepared a path for you, but you just can't open up the Bible and see all the details of that. Why? Because it's a relationship that he has with us. So I've got to, now on, and on the other side of that, there may be a place that looks like, man, that's exactly where I want to go. They've got everything I want. They've they just everything checked off my list. But the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you there. I have another plan for you. You understand what I'm saying? So you, you, you have, there, it's got to be this relationship with the Holy Spirit in the direction of our lives. Because there are many times where, where you just, you, that's the only thing you can go by is what the Spirit is leading you. Many times. I've just, okay, I just know this is what the Spirit is directing me to do. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I know if I go where He wants me to go, that's where I need to be. And he'll take care of the rest. This is how we live, highway family, right? Hallelujah. I think it was Joey Roberts. I forget how he said it. He said, don't go, don't go where you're celebrated. Go where you're navigated. 
In other words, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. There are times when Paul wanted to go into a certain region, the Holy Spirit said, don't go there. Right? You've got to be led by the Spirit. You've got to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It, it is the way to, to be in the place he's called you to be in, is to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so for taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life. What kind of life has He prepared for you? The good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. So if He's leading me to go to a place that doesn't have all the things on my list, it's going to be good for me. I'm going to prosper there. I'm going to prosper there. I'm going to prosper there. Now, I, we, we, I came from this area, I was in the Pittsburgh area, and the Lord led us to New England. Now, in terms of Bible culture, uh, I, this area of the country won an award for being the least Bible-minded area of the country in the surveys that were done, okay? So there were those from the Midwest, they looked at this area like, what would you want to go there for, Right? There's all kinds of spiritualism, intellectualism, ungodly ideas and culture. They don't know God at all. But you can look on the other side, what a perfect place to go. Right? I like how Jennifer was saying, I don't remember the story. It's a story about a shoe salesman that was going to a particular area. And they, and they said, well, you shouldn't go there. They don't, they don't wear shoes there. They all walk around barefoot. And he said, oh, perfect place to sell shoes. I'll have everyone as my customer. Right? So sometimes God calls you to a place because what's in you isn't there. And if you don't go, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna miss and you're going to miss the deposits and the things that could happen if you were there. So important to be led by the Spirit of God. So important. Because it's a good life when you're led by Him. He will prosper you wherever He leads you to go. Hallelujah. You know where your happy place is? Wherever he leads you. The sooner you learn that, the better. Wherever he leads me, that's my happy place. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation of verse 10 in Ephesians 2 says, For we are God's masterpiece. This is your divine identity. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The Passion Translation says we have become His poetry. I like that. Have you ever read a beautiful poem that just makes you pause? and Wow. It's like every word is so well crafted. You have become His poetry. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny He has given each of us. We have become His poetry a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given us for we are joined to Jesus can we say that together we are a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us for we are joined to Jesus let's say that again we are a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us for we are joined to Jesus let's say it again 
We are a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus. See, when I come across a scripture like this, I eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I take it and I say it and I meditate on it. I am a recreated person. And I will fulfill, I will fulfill the destiny that God has given me. I am joined to Jesus. This is how it becomes a reality to you. You grab it when you read a promise of God like this, a truth of God about who you are. This is a verse about your identity. And you build it, you, you plant it in your mind. You plant it in your heart and you meditate on it and you speak it with your mouth. I am God's poetry. I'm a recreated person, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, and I will fulfill the destiny that he has purposed for me. I am united with Christ. I'm joined with Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Hallelujah. That's as far as we're going to go to today. As far as your divine identity, we're going to pick up here next week. Your divine identity. Listen, eat these scriptures that we've gone over. The plan is that God brings us a word, but then you make note, write the book, chapter, and verses down. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 18. Put it on your phone. Put it on your note. Uh, Okay, we went over Genesis 127, Ephesians 2.10. Write down, oh, oh, I want to check that out in the New Living Transit. I want to check that out in the Passion Transit. I want to check that out in the Message, in the Amplify. Make note of these things. Or as you're hearing the definitions of of fearfully, extremely impressive, as these things hit you, internalize them. I'm the kind of person I like to mostly listen when I'm in, in, in a worship service and just internalize. Sometimes I'll... Jot something down, but then what I'll do, I'll go back and listen again, and then I end up making more notes then. However you operate. But eat this stuff. Get it. It's for you today. We are moving forward. We're not failures. You're not a failure. You haven't blown it. You haven't made too many mistakes. No, your past is over. The only direction for you is forward. It's forward. We're going forward. We're going forward. Father, we thank you for moving us forward. We thank you that the past is behind us. We thank you that your glory is in us and before us. We thank you, Father, that you're moving us forward from glory to more glory, from from victory to more victory, from success to more success, from love to more love, from joy to more joy, from peace to more peace. We thank you, Lord God, that that your love, your joy, your peace, your wisdom, your strength, your health, your life, your provision are multiplying in us, are multiplying exponentially in us. We're stronger than we've ever been, and we're getting more strong every moment. Hallelujah. Our life is a life of forward movement, of of being continually elevated and lifted to a new level of you. Father, we thank you. This is who you are. This is your calling upon us. It is a calling from glory to more glory, from strength to more strength. It is a calling to move forward, and that is exactly what we are doing. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God is so good. 
We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.